fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the show. Here's what we got coming up for you this week. If you want to differentiate yourself in your marketplace, you'd use storytelling. And I find those with a technical background a bit like a duck to water when it comes to storytelling. So it's a very natural thing for us to use. I've also got for you three quick wins to increase your MSP's revenue. And we have another competition this week with an amazing prize for you to win. It's a piece of software that we use in our business. We're big fans of it. And if you edit videos at all, you are going to love this. Your chance to win some new video editing software later in the show. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. One of the things that drives me and my team every single day is asking this question. How can we make life easier for our clients? So we have our service, the MSP Marketing Edge. We've got well over 500 MSPs that use it. And part of that is we have a community. We have a Facebook group. It's only for our active members. And my team and I spend an awful lot of time in that Facebook group because within that group, just from the discussions that people are having, both about using our service, but also just doing their own marketing, there are the answers for us of how can we make their life easier. I'll give you one simple example. We provide hundreds and hundreds of files every month. So all the marketing stuff that we provide is in all sorts of different formats like Canva, Publisher, InDesign, Word, PowerPoint. And so we have an awful lot of files. And we just renamed all of those files. We've kind of tried to rename them to make it easier for people to know what files they've downloaded to their computers. And we didn't realize that for people who are importing those files into SharePoint as part of their process of implementing our marketing materials, the file names are now too long for SharePoint. Don't get me started on the fact that it's 2021 and a system can't take long file names. That doesn't matter. The point being, I hadn't realized that we'd created an extra problem for actually about 5, 10, 15 of our members just by doing this file rename. And luckily we had the community where we could see that and we could go and look at it and we could figure out a better way to do it. But I mean, that's a tiny, tiny example. Perhaps a better example is just looking at how people are using their marketing and what they're doing and what challenges they've got. And me and my team are constantly putting our heads together and we're saying, right, what could we do to make someone's life better? How can we make their life easier for them? Now, this isn't haphazard. This is actually systematic. We have a mission within our business, and the mission is to make it easier for our clients to win new clients of their own, but also to make their lives easier. We just want to make everything easier for them, because when it's fun and it's easy, particularly with something difficult like marketing, then MSPs are much more likely to do that. Now, do you do this within your business? Are you constantly looking at what your clients are getting stuck on and asking, how can we make this easier for them? Because you certainly have the information. You can look at the tickets. You can look at the strategic reviews. You can look at all the contacts you have with all the users of all the clients and ask yourself, how can we make life easier for these people? What are they getting stuck on? How can we make it easier? How can we remove barriers? How can we just make their life easier? This is the attitude of a constant value add constantly and systematically between you and your team 
asking yourselves, how do we make their lives easier? And I do think this constant value add is needed. Increasingly, we are all part of memberships and communities, and we're getting extra value from all sorts of things all the time. Just because MSPs have great retention now doesn't mean that MSPs will always have great retention. I think you've got to be constantly working on how you can keep your clients and just give them more, more, more. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean more work. It's more value. I mean, just take the CX platforms, the customer experience platforms like Cloud Radial and Envirosoft. And by the way, if you haven't heard it, in episode 88, we had a special edition with Jamie Warner from Envirosoft. That's a really, really good listen. It's rapidly becoming one of our most listened to episodes. Anyway, if you take those CX platforms and say the main goal of those is to make life easier for your clients. It gives them somewhere they can go and see what support tickets they've submitted or support requests. It's where they can access training videos. They can see what's happening with their cases. There are all sorts of useful things things they can do in those CX platforms. There's a great example of value add. You can give your clients a considerable extra burst of value just by taking on board a CX platform. In fact, it's a nicer way for them to communicate with your team anyway. So the question is this, how can you systemize this? How can you make it systematic that you and your team are constantly asking yourselves the question, how can we add value for our clients, for our users, for our decision makers? How can we add value? And ultimately, how can we make their lives easier? Here's this week's clever idea. How to generate more revenue. It's one of the biggest questions that comes up with me when I'm doing webinars or talking to clients. People say they want new clients. Of course they do, but they also want more revenue. And there are actually only three ways to increase your business's revenue. Number one is you get yourself more new clients. Number two is you get your existing clients to buy more from you. And number three is you get your existing clients to spend more every single time they buy. And you should be focusing, as the leader of the business, you should be focusing on those three drivers of growth within the business. But I have got for you, based on a training course I've just put together for my clients, I've got for you here three quick wins to instantly increase revenue. Because it's easy to say, hey, go and get more new clients. But the problem with getting new clients is they're expensive. If you add up everything you spend on marketing over a year and divide it by the number of new clients you have, you'll see the true cost of getting a new client. And it's a lot more than you think it will be. So let me give you these three quick wins. The first one is actually kind of obvious. It's common sense. Well, they're all common sense if you look at them that way. The first one is to make sure that you are charging properly. Are you buying licenses for clients that no longer pay for those licenses from you? Are you paying for extra seats, perhaps for a client that's reduced their seats, but you never ended up reducing them in the first place? Making sure that you are charging properly for the things that you're buying is probably something you should check every three to six months anyway, because it's really easy, isn't it? In the, in the heat of a busy working week for a client to reduce down the number of seats they've got or the number of licenses and accidentally it never really gets gets filtered through to you or to whoever's due to do it from whoever you're buying it from. So that's the first thing to do is to check that you're actually charging properly. The second thing to do is to increase your prices. And MSPs way overthink this. Most MSPs really do overthink it. There's two kind of price rises you've got. You've got price rises for new clients 
and price rises for existing clients. Well, for new clients, just put the price up all the time. Every time you win a new client, just put the price up. Just nudge it up by a few pounds or dollars or whatever your currency is per user per month. Because with new clients, they're kind of comparing you to other MSPs. But remember, for the right kind of clients, price is a factor, not the factor. And sure, you can be too expensive for a marketplace. That can absolutely happen. But the only way to know is to keep nudging your prices up. One of your goals should be to be the most expensive MSP in your area. And of course, you need a quality of service to justify that. But there's nothing wrong with being the most expensive. You certainly don't want to be the cheapest. And you know, everyone's sitting in the middle. Don't just be the same price as everyone. Put your prices up for new clients all the time. Now, for existing clients, it's got to be done with a bit more caution because obviously with your existing clients they are used to paying a certain price maybe they've even signed a contract at a certain price there are two ways that you can put prices up you can do it overtly or covertly overtly is where you just put the prices up you just say hey cost of living is going up prices are going up everywhere and we've got to follow suit because the prices of what we buy to service you are going up so we need to charge you more and you just pop their prices up and there's nothing wrong with doing that once a year or once every couple of years. There's also the covert way of doing it. The covert way is when they buy something, you charge them a lot more for it. So let's say they buy something that costs you one pound or one dollar per user per month, and you might think of charging them two pounds. That's your margin on top. Actually, what if you charge them five pounds or five dollars? or even £10 or $10, you basically put a load of extra margin on top. And what you're doing is you're not profiteering, you're not being greedy. What you're doing is you're giving them a covert price rise so that overall they are contributing more gross margin into your MSP. And then we get on to the third and final quick win to increase revenue, and that's simply to sell something extra to your existing clients. It's always more profitable to do this than to bring on board a new client. So a number of different ways you can do it. Strategic reviews are the formal way to do it. In fact, that's the way you systemize upselling into the business. You have a strategic review with every single client. You use some clever software and you pull together a technology roadmap for them. Yes, that requires work. Yes, that requires investment, but it's the robust long-term way to do strategic reviews. The other thing that you can do is just have a look through tickets. Go and review all the tickets for one of your clients. In fact, you could do this two, three times a week, or maybe every week you sit down and look at two or three clients. Just go and have a look at their tickets for the last few months. Do you spot any trends? Do you see that there's a problem there that you could actually take away for them? If you sold them an extra service or did a project for them, what are the easy wins there? And then you can just pick up the phone, literally pick up the phone, say, hey, I've just been reviewing all of the support requests that you've put in over the last few months. And I've noticed that five times now, X has broken or you've run out of X or whatever it is. And then you can say to them, do you know, we can just fix that. Would you like me to just talk you through what that would be and how much it would cost? And some people will say yes to this. Some people will say no. So what? It doesn't really matter. The point is you can sell extra stuff to people by solving their problems. Give them what they want, give them what they need and take away their problems and their fears. And these are three really easy ways to increase revenue in your MSP pretty quickly. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. This podcast isn't just the place to come for amazing marketing and business growth advice and good guests and good book suggestions. It's also a great place to win really cool stuff. 
And we've got another great giveaway this week. Hey, this is producer James, and this prize is going to make you look great. It's all about video. So videos can, of course, bring your MSP to life on your website and on social media, be that footage of yourself or client testimonials, or perhaps you've even got in some educational videos from the likes of the MSP Marketing Edge, and you need to put your branding onto them. But how do you edit, craft, and manipulate video? Well, the video editor that we recommend the most already is by TechSmith, and it's called Camtasia. It's one of these amazing pieces of software that is not only intuitive and easy to use, but is also packed full of powerful high-end features. On one hand, yes, you can do simple editing with it, or on the other, you can do layering, titles, green screen, chroma key replacement, and so much more. And just for listening to this podcast, thanks to our friends at TechSmith, you can win the latest copy of Camtasia. All you need to do right now is go to a special page and enter your details to go into the draw. Go to paulgreensmspmarketing.com slash win. Do that right now. And at some point after midnight UK time this Sunday, 28th of November, a winner will be randomly drawn and it could be you. Good luck. The Big Interview. Hi, I'm Roger Jones, and I specialize in helping tech firms grow their business through the power of storytelling. And storytelling isn't necessarily something I ever thought would be on this podcast. For me, marketing is all about a whole series of practical actions. But talk to me, Roger, about how you would actually use storytelling to find yourself some prospects and engage with those people. Personally, I think storytelling is the most natural thing in the world to use because most of our conversations are in a narrative or in small stories. So it's a very natural thing for us to use. And I think it's a very underused tool to influence and persuade people. So you'd use storytelling in all your communications. Uh, in fact, you could storyfy your business as I do with some of my clients. So you'd literally, you could use it in a sales situation. If you want to differentiate yourself in your marketplace, you can use it in social media, in your website, in your blogs. I think it's a very highly practical tool to use when used in the right places. I love the sound of Storify Your Business. Let's come back onto that in a few moments' time. Let's first of all look at exactly how would you do that. So, Roger, if you assume that the vast majority of people listening to this, they're techs, they got into their MSP because they love technology, they love fixing problems, they love helping people and generally making sure that businesses use technology to achieve the things they want to use. So typically, they're not marketers and that therefore they're not, I would say, professional storytellers. Give us some practical examples of how you actually use stories to improve your marketing? I work with primarily technical firms, and I find those with a technical background a bit like a duck to water when it comes to storytelling, once they sort of uh, ignite what I'd call their inner storyteller. But when it comes to sort of the practical application of storytelling, there's, there's a range of areas where you can use it. For example, the origin story of your company is extremely powerful. You know, rather than saying, you know, I'm an, I'm an MSP business owner and I do this, you go back to the reason why you're doing it. What's the narrative? What's the story when you created the firm? Another area to, to use stories, you know, most of us, we're in competitive markets. And to have stories that differentiate you in the marketplace and your MSP firm in the marketplace are extremely powerful. And these, rather than the traditional dry, dull case studies that uh, companies use, use case stories instead. 
Another area, what I call inoculation stories, extremely powerful. In any situation in business, you get people putting the blockers up, you know, the classic sales objections. But you can handle them really elegantly with a story, a story of someone who may have had a similar type of objection in the past, how it was overcome thanks to the power of your work. And I would say the most powerful story, particularly from a sales perspective, is a future story. If you use a future story in the sales process, which is really is painting the picture in the future after they use your services, you're just going to be far more successful. I have one particular client. Okay, it's not a small business. It's a large multinational. They're equipped to do research on their sales teams. They found that those salespeople who use stories particularly future stories in the sales process, were two to three times more successful than those who just took a traditional sales approach. So, you know, to summarize briefly, I'd say the origin story, extremely powerful, differentiation stories, what I call those inoculation stories, and those stories that inspire action, the future stories. I'm remembering something I've read somewhere, and I'm, I'm desperately trying to remember which book. It might have been something by Robert Cialdini or somewhere else. But I, I remember reading that the reason that stories engage with humans so much is because when, when you tell someone a story, and it, it's not just a series of facts, it's, it's that built-up thing, that story that we're telling, it actually gets more parts of the brain engaged. And, and I, I don't know if I'm making this up or whether I, I have read it somewhere, that when before we had written communication and formal methods of recording information, that was how information was passed down from the generations through stories. Am I correct in this, Roger? You're totally spot on there, Paul. That's why, you know, one of the prime reasons why stories are so successful when you're trying to persuade, influence, inspire, and resonate. So if I could just break that down a little bit, when you tell a story, you literally take that person on a journey. They go into the story as you're telling it. You know, think of a James Bond film. You know, when I watch a James Bond film, I'm James Bond, not just in the film, but probably for about a week afterwards, I'm so immersed in the story. Also, importantly, it's how we learn. It's how children learn. If I think of my now 13-year-old daughter, when she first went to the dentist, you know, there were storybooks about going to the dentist. It's how, you know, the most basic level, how we always learn. Importantly, also, a well-told story also has emotion within it. And it's that emotion we really, truly get engaged in. And as you're saying, Paul, as you're indicating, you know, a story engages both that logical side of our brain and that creative side. And a well-told story is very well-structured. It's got a very logical approach. And I think importantly, particularly if you've got a, a technical firm, all the research shows that a fact, a statistic, wrapped up in a story is over 20 times more memorable than if you just say it. So stories are particularly powerful for the reasons you rightly say, Paul, you know, about that sort of the science behind stories and storytelling. I love it. Absolutely love it. So without giving away anything that you've been working on with a specific client, can you give us an example of a tech fact or a tech stat or some, something technical that's being turned into a much more interesting and emotionally engaging story? Um, they weren't actually in the MSP space, though, but, you know, it's related to that, whereby it was about using a particular form of communication and how it was working. Now, they could have simply said, you know, we're using this new whatever it is widget. I can't even remember what it was called. And it allows you to communicate over these distances, even in these weather conditions. So that's what they could have said, and lots of facts and statistics. Instead, 
what the engineer did, they actually told a story about where they were in somewhere in Asia, I think it was Borneo, and used it for the first time, and the difference it made on the local community just by using, and he showed up this, this it's like a little silicon chip, it looked like to me, and he told a story of this little silicon chip. It wasn't a silicon chip, it's something to do with mobile communications, and the difference it made on the community. And that's how that particular person brought it to life. That's just brilliant. That really is. It's so clever. But I suspect it's one of these things that's actually quite hard to do. So when you're working with your clients, is there a process that you take people through in order to take something a little bit dry and boring, but important, and turn it into something more interesting? You know, it's important to approach it on a, on a couple of levels. First of all, I'd say there's the personal storytelling. And I, you know, I'll go over a few things that uh, may help some listeners here. Is first of all, You've probably got a whole what I call a story bank with inside you uh, that you can use when you're in, in situations. And think of a story of an experience you've had and you learned something. And that's basically the most fundamental uh, element of a story. So they're very important where you learn something new. And also, you can simply you can map out your business. You think, why is your business different in your marketplace? What are some of these elements that make it up? And what's the story behind it? I was working with one technology company, and it was their innovation in one particular area. But instead of just saying, oh, we've got this really innovative process that does this, it was the story of this one particular technical programmer who created this piece of code and brought it to life and what the sort of the practical sort of life implications for the business were as a result of that. So as to think about some of your personal narratives, some of those key elements of your business, and what, what was the time when that particular thing happened? That sort of may be the innovation, maybe that point of differentiation. And as I was saying earlier, it could be that, uh, that creation, that origin story. And you mentioned earlier the concept of storifying your business. Is this literally the process of just working through all your communications with your existing clients and your prospects and making sure that stories are embedded at the very heart of it? I strongly believe if a firm wants to truly differentiate themselves in the marketplace, grow effectively, that's exactly what they need to do, Paul. You know, it, there is a process behind it. You'd start off thinking probably the most sensible place to start is to accelerate sales by putting them into the narrative, storifying that process, because that's going to help differentiate your uh, MSP firm in your marketplace. But then you can start to look to other key areas. So rather than have a dry, boring website, have a bit of a story on there. You know, well, well, why was the firm created? What makes you different? Bring it to life a little bit. You're going to engage people with that. You're going to draw them into your own particular story. So that's what I mean by storifying it. And from that point, you will find then that it'd be quite natural then, even if we're going it down to the basics of, I don't know, a, a post on your website or on LinkedIn you'd end up putting it into the story format. So it's taken all those elements within the business, still using facts and figures, but making them more engaging by storifying your business. Brilliant. Roger, tell us about your business and how can we get in touch with you? My business is, it is very, very simple. I work with uh, tech firms to allow them to resonate more effectively with their clients, accelerate their growth and differentiate themselves in the business. And there is quite rightly a process to go through. I work mainly one-on-one -on -one with companies and they're welcome to make contact with me via my website, which is roger, R-O-G-E-R-E, jones.com. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. 
this week's recommended book. Hi everybody, my name's Greg Jones, Business Development Director at Datto. My book recommendation today is the MSP's Survival Guide to Co-Managed IT Services by Bob Coppage. A great book that all MSPs should read at the moment. Extremely topical in terms of the opportunities around co-managed. This will give you insight in terms of how to add revenue to your MSP business. Coming up next week. Hi, I'm Phil Morgan, and next week I'm on the podcast with Paul Green, helping MSPs understand how we no longer need to use fear, uncertainty, and doubt in order to scare our customers into purchase cybersecurity from us. We'll also be looking next week at why speed is everything. If someone inquires into your MSP about potentially becoming a client, your chances of winning them depend on how quickly you get back to them. Even a 24-hour delay these days can be too much. How can you reorganize your business to make sure that any possible opportunity to generate a new client or new revenue can be acted on really quickly? We'll look at that next week and we're also going to look at why the MSP business model just makes your cash flow easy. If you're having any cash flow issues right now, maybe it's because you haven't fully embraced the MSP model. I'm going to look at the three things in particular that make it just beautiful for you and how you can make cash flow so much easier in your MSP. Have a great week in business and I'll see you then. Made in the UK for MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast.